0: We are living in confusing, frustrating and limiting times. We find ourselves facing a lot we don't understand and we find difficult. But as God's people, we are never hopeless or helpless even in the most difficult days. Jesus remains true and constant despite all the shaking. And there are things we can do to hold on to him that are powerful and purposeful. These simple things are significant, and we don't have to wait for easier days to take hold of them. It's time for us to get serious about the simple things, right here and now. Hey everybody, great to be with you. We're going to carry on with our series. We're going to look at um, this morning about um celebration you know we're looking at in the here and now what are some things we want to get serious about this morning is celebration so if you've got your bibles and we're going to start off in psalm 145 Um, so if you want to turn there i'm going to read um, verses three to seven it says this great is the lord most worthy of praise his greatness no one can fathom one generation commends your works to another they tell of your mighty acts they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and i will meditate on your wonderful works They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So in this psalm, this is talking about um, generations of people who are following God, you know, believers, people following God. And and one of the things they're saying is that this this is kind of what's going to mark them out. This is going to be the things that they're going to do. They're going to tell one another the amazing works of God. They're going to remind them one another. They're going to proclaim them. They're going to think about them. Um, And then it lands a saying, and they will celebrate your abundant goodness. They'll joyfully sing of your righteousness. Um, And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at actually being a people of God. We should be a people who celebrate. Um, if you look at a dictionary definition, um, to celebrate means to observe or commemorate a day or an event with ceremonies or festivities. It also means to take part in special, enjoyable activities in order to show that a particular occasion is important. So it's kind of, there's two aspects of it. There's the, there's the marking of the moment. There's the kind of commemoration, the remembering something or someone, you know whether that's a birthday, whether that's... Um, D-Day, whether that's anniversaries, you know, whatever it is, whether it's you know, Christmas or Easter, or it's, it's remembering, it's marking um, someone or something that is significant. But there's definitely an element of it, of celebration, which is actually that we enjoy it, right? So that second definition is enjoyable activities. We're marking it, but with stuff that is fun, actually, that we, we take joy in, right? That's what celebration is, and, and that's what we read in this psalm. It's actually they're reminding themselves, they're remembering, they're telling one another the amazing thing that God's done, and they're celebrating it. Um, And listen, I think as God's people, we should be really good at celebrating. Um, And the Bible actually has an awful lot to say about celebrating, you know, there were seven specific festivals in the Old Testament that Israel was commanded to celebrate. Some of them lasted a full week um, and there was feasting and celebration. And like there's there's loads in the Bible about it. And it talks a lot about rejoicing uh, to take delight in. Um, it talks, you know, there's often the imagery of, of feasting, of banquets, of celebration. We see that in Revelation. We see when the, in Luke 15, when the prodigal son comes home, you know, the father's response is let's celebrate. You know, every, when, the, when the lost coin is found, when the lost sheep is found, it's like, hey, celebrate with me. You see in Luke 14, the, the parable of the banquet is this invitation that God is sending out to come and enjoy, to kind of take their place and celebrate at this feast. Um, so that's what we do. The Bible's full of it, actually, that we as God's people, you know, we, we celebrate who God is, what he's done, like who we are now, what he's given us. Um, and also I think it's, you know, it's, it's worth noticing we haven't got time to go into it but you know if you dive into the bible the bible also says an awful lot not just about us celebrating god us delighting in god but actually that he delights in us it's amazing it says in zephaniah 3 that he rejoices over us with singing this is beautiful kind of mutual celebration we celebrate god but he celebrates you and i which is amazing um, and so we're about, you know, we're kind of ramping up towards Christmas to celebrate Christmas. You know, we're going we're gonna to remember, we're going to mark it, we're going to honour it, remind ourselves of the, of the coming of Jesus. But we're going to do it with fun, with food, with family, with festivities, and we're going to enjoy it. And it's especially important, I think, this year of all years, like I am, I'm really looking forward to celebrating and marking Christmas, acknowledging it's not maybe quite the same as it might have been in other years. You know, for many of us, maybe, you know, there's not going to be everybody around the table who we would want or who would like. So a- acknowledging that, but celebrating it nonetheless. Um, and and I, I want to kind of just sidestep for a moment and and, and just mention on the one hand, I think as God's people, we need to be really good at celebrating, but I also think actually we need to be really good at and, and get good about giving ourselves and one another permission also to lament. There's times to celebrate, but there's times to lament. And goodness, this year has, I think, taught us an awful lot about both of those things. Um, And it's really it's about us being okay to acknowledge and to embrace and even to articulate, to express the kind of the extremes of our human experience that, you know, the really good and beautiful stuff and actually the really tough and challenging stuff. And like I say, this year, you know, we've experienced those extremes. Right. And, And I think sometimes, you know, we we can easily settle for the comfortable gray in the middle, like if it's a, you know, if it's a scale, you know, there's a the really black and bleak stuff and there's the really white and light stuff. And, and sometimes we kind of avoid those extremes of emotion or certainly expression of emotion. We kind of stick with that comfortable gray in the middle where everything's OK. And um, listen um, listen to this quote from um, a writer called Henry Nguyen, who says this, we tend to sh- stay away from mourning and dancing. We're too afraid to cry, too shy to dance we become narrow-minded complainers, avoiding pain, but also true human joy. While we live in a world that is subject to the evil one, we belong to God. So let us mourn and let us dance. I think that's really profound. We can sort of shy away, you know, from both of those extremes. But actually, if we, if we look at Jesus, who's our model always, actually he was, he was really okay and really good at acknowledging the extremes, you know, some of the prophetic passages in the Bible, Isaiah 53 describes Jesus as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, right? He knew, he knew what it was to lament, to mourn, to grieve, but also it says in Psalm 45, which Paul quotes in Hebrews one, that actually God says he poured out the oil of joy on Jesus more than anyone else. Right? So he knew how to celebrate, but he knew how to lament. And we need to be okay with both those things. So while I'm saying, listen, I want us to get serious about celebrating. It's not we celebrate instead of lamenting. I'm not saying we rejoice instead of mourning, Um, but actually that we do both. It's as well as Ecclesiastes tell us there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there is a time to dance. Um, So we need to be able to do both those things and and I guess somewhat hold them in a bit of an uncomfortable tension. It's not that one cancels out the other. Both are important. you know maybe you're much better at one than the other or maybe you're a bit like you know i know my journey has been trying to embrace those extremes a little bit more maybe you're much more comfortable in that kind of 50 50 in the middle things are fine um we need to get good at both let's mourn but let's dance let's celebrate and that's what i want to look at this morning i want to look at and um, getting serious about celebrating i'm going to read a passage from a, a book by a right pastor from new york called john tyson um, which I would thoroughly recommend to you, it's called Beautiful Resistance, the joy of conviction in a culture of compromise. And he he can sort of compares and contrasts some stuff that we can get tempted into and how we actually resist that. And he's written a brilliant chapter and um, looking that and his kind of the title of it is that celebration must resist cynicism. You know, saying, actually, rather than being a people who celebrate, who know how it, what it is to take joy, actually, we've become cynical. So I'm going to read. It's actually quite a long passage. I'm not it's not going to come up on the screen, but just just listen to what he says. He says, the problem is that deep cynicism hasn't just become normal in the culture around us. It's moving into the church. We are cynical about people who show genuine enthusiasm, believing their naivety will be crushed by pain. We're cynical about God moving because we've witnessed too many unanswered prayers. We're cynical about the possibility of things changing for the better because we know how hard life can be. So instead of being a people who have good news to share, news that could transform the world, we have become a people mired in the 24-hour news cycle, fed a constant diet of hopelessness and despair. Our ability to dismiss the work of God in the church has become toxic. We are plagued by a lack of expectation. And we've, become to, and we've begun to believe that this is all there is. But the scriptures declare God is good and his goodness should be celebrated. If we slowed down for a minute and broke away from the cynical feeds, every now and then we would be surprised by the work of God in our own lives and the lives of others around us. Maybe all the bad news is clouding our perspective of what is happening in the world. Maybe we've been trained to pay more attention to the darkness and ignore the light. Maybe there is more grace and redemption happening if we just knew where to look. Maybe we have to learn to identify and to celebrate the good and learn to resist a culture of cynicism. I know it may seem like an interesting juxtaposition, celebration and cynicism. Why not joy resisting cynicism or hope resisting cynicism? But celebration is explicit. It's defiant. Not only does it recognize who God is and what he's doing, but it also calls for a response. Celebration is godly defiance in a culture of doubt. We often talk about the spiritual disciplines as key to our faith. In fact, one of the most popular books on this topic is a celebration of discipline. But could it be that in a cynical world like ours, the key is not so much the celebration of discipline, but the discipline of celebration? Making sure we commit to celebrating the good God we serve, like I think that's profound, and that you know it's it's so encouraging. and It's so challenging. But you say, "Listen, I love. Let me this phrase: celebration is explicit. It's defiant, but it calls for a response." So I want to look at five really quick thoughts um, in terms of uh, ways that how we can um, how we can celebrate and and as a choice, you know, as that our response to God' goodness is. I am going to celebrate. So the first one is this, is that celebration is a choice, right? So it requires intentionality on our part. Let me read. This is um, actually from the book that he mentioned by Richard Foster, um, Celebration of Discipline. He says this, the decision to set the mind on the higher things of life is an act of the will. That is why celebration is a discipline. It is not something that falls on our heads. It is the result of a consciously chosen way of thinking and living. When we choose this way, the healing and the redemption in Christ will break in to the inner recesses of our lives and relationships and the inevitable result will be joy. Celebration is a choice. It is a conscious choice. To, it's a way of living and a way of thinking. It is an act of the will, not just happiness takes over because life is rosy, right? It, and actually, celebrating is is a way. You know, it it's a response to God's goodness, and it is a it's a way of fulfilling this the bib, biblical command that we genuinely see throughout the Old and New Testament to. To celebrate, to take joy. Paul tells us in Philippians four four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. He says it twice. Really wants to stress it. Right? It, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option, and something that will happen when life is going well. It, it, I think it is actually a biblical command. And it, to rejoice. I mean, literally means to take joy. Right? So it's to look at a circumstance and and find the joy and take it. It it is absolutely a choice that we look for the good and that we are intentionally and consistently thankful for the good that we see. So the first thing if we're going to get serious about celebrating, we need to recognize absolutely it is a choice. The second thing. Is that we have an incredible gospel to celebrate each and every day, even if if nothing else is going right in life, even if there's challenge on all fronts, There's always the gospel to celebrate. Jesus tells his disciples this and when they come back, they have kind of been on out on the ministry trip and they've seen amazing things. And they're like, you know, we've seen people healed and and, they're delighting in all of this. Um, And Jesus says this, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Listen, our salvation, you know, our, our adoption as sons and daughters, our absolute security, in who God is and what he's done for us and the fact that we are secure with him for eternity. Our names are recorded in heaven. That is what we need to rejoice over each and every day. And we can sometimes lose sight of the gospel we can kind of almost become numb to it or kind of overlook it and you know we need to remind ourselves again of the good news you know dive back into the Bible and read those passages in Ephesians 2 in Romans 8 like it tells us again what Jesus has done for us and, and this is this, and this is the whole point of you know Christmas the angels remember when they were made this big announcement to the shepherds they said this is news of great joy it's really really good news the gospel I think, you know, when Paul talks in in Psalm 51, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Actually, like, do I still feel that joy in my salvation? Or or has it, have I stopped celebrating it? You know, have I maybe slightly overlooked it? You know, am I taking it for granted, becoming apathetic? I need to intentionally remind myself, I remind myself every day what Jesus has done and I celebrate the gospel and the good news. So first thing, celebration is a choice. Second thing, we celebrate the gospel. Third thing, we need to get serious about celebrating in the midst of struggle. Right? It's not that we wait for life um, to be perfect. You know, Christmas is, is never going to be perfect, but we celebrate it nonetheless, right? Um, but we can celebrate in the midst of struggle because, listen, when Paul writes to us in Philippians, he's saying rejoice always, not just sometimes or when life's good, but always. And I'm going to tell you again, rejoice. He's writing that from a prison cell. He's writing that for a point of restriction and struggle and difficulty. Life was not rosy, and he says rejoice. So we can celebrate in the midst of struggle. Let me read to you from James 1. Um, It says this, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete not lacking anything right that's a pretty encouraging destination that I am mature I'm complete and I'm not lacking anything I'm like amazing I would like to find myself there but listen part of the process is is that I persevere right and and that journey of perseverance actually does a work in me it's part of that maturity journey and I persevere through trials but in those trials, um, actually the way that I think about them, that's what it means, consider it, think about it. My perspective, even in trials, is, is joy, is that I'm going to look for joy. I'm going to take joy. I'm going to rejoice. And James is writing you know, specifically to, into a context where the early church was being persecuted. So absolutely, there, there is that sharp focus. But it, it kind of, I feel like he widens it out a bit because he says, listen, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. So whenever and whatever they are, when there's trials, consider it joy because the process that is going on internally as that my faith is being tested because there's a trial actually it creates perseverance and the work of perseverance results in maturity and we talk about our mature maturity journey a lot like we value that around here we want to become mature disciples and listen we need to recognize actually celebrating rejoicing is actually going to be a really important part on that journey for you and I to become mature um, so A really helpful tool in in actually helping us persevere, like Sam talked about, um, is that actually I'm able to persevere because I celebrate on each and every step of the way, even in struggles. Fourth thing, let me encourage you, I want to challenge you, and this one's tough, is we need to get good at celebrating other people's success other people's breakthrough, other people's gifts, other people's provision. Like, and you know, even the thing that you're praying for and believing for, celebrate it in other people's because friends, here's the deal. It's not all about you, right? You are loved, deeply loved, individually chosen and called and accepted by God, but it is not all about you. I am not the center of the universe. And so, you know, taking my eyes off me is a really, really good discipline to get into. So looking around and celebrating you know, what I see in other people, other people's success, other people's growth, other people's maturity, other people's success, right? We actually get to do it together. Um, Paul tells us in Romans 12 that actually we rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm going to celebrate with you. But also, you know, reference like lamenting, we need to give ourselves permission for that. We also mourn with those who mourn. Right. It's a it's a journey we get t- to take together. So I want to challenge you, you know, just look outside of your own immediate life and look where's that other stuff that's happening that you can celebrate for other people and with other people. And finally, fifth thing, celebrate the little wins. Right. It is a journey that we're on. That's why we need perseverance. It is a journey into maturity. So let like and celebration, I think, is is a really important fuel for the journey. So on the journey, let's take joy. You know, we might not have arrived, like before we even get to the destination, celebrate on the way. I've shared before, you know, one of my mum's phrases, she loves to say is actually, we have to look that God is gonna provide flowers on the way. Right? And so even in her journey this year, having had kind of strokes, you know, two strokes earlier on in March, and then having to, that recovery through lockdown, it's been really rough. It's been really challenging, but, but we've absolutely seen flowers on the way. And, and this is the picture, right? You know, maybe that, you know, the way is rough and steep and bumpy you know, it may maybe that it's pouring with rain and the weather's awful and, you know, the views are rubbish. But actually, if we look around, if we focus, if our perspective is right, there will always be, I believe, flowers on the way doing to look for those and celebrate those right celebrate a step forward it might not be the end result but it's progress it's moving forward so in my life in your life with our lives together let's celebrate the small wins and this is the thing this is where i think you know, this kind of culture of cynicism of doubt of kind of belittling and minimizing stuff like that eats away at our joy it eats away at our maturity it kind of it trips us up on our journey whereas you know looking intentionally and celebrating the small wins is absolutely going to fuel us on our way and um, so we need to we need to get good at actually embracing wonder like the little things i was in the park with my nephew a few weeks ago um who's just coming up for two and uh just he was just wandering along found a big stick and just and i learned you know the kind of you know bump the stick along the railings of the park and make the noise it makes and his little face just lit up and you just think just these little winds you know which on one level is like but kids i think are really good at teaching us to just the the joy and the wonder in the little everyday things that we can so easily so easily overlook and and you know kids at christmas particularly right it's it is the song tells us it's the most wonderful time of the year but it's if we look for the wonder that it's full of but you know we can miss it so easily so look for the little things and um, don't I don't overlook them i remember um a good few years ago now i took my son luke um to see the snowman musical um and the theater if you haven't been, it's brilliant he was probably 4 i think at the time so quite little and um and you see the film and you know you know they know the bit where they kind of they take off and they fly and it's the walking in the air and that whole bit. And so there's the there's a snowman and the little boy in his dressing gown on the stage and they're sort of doing the ramping it up. And then they, you know, they just then take off as the, you know, and lift it up and then and then the song comes and you know know how it goes. And so we sat there watching it and then and Luke's little face turned at me at that point and just literally his jaw dropped. He was like, wow, like this absolute I can still picture his face even now. And it's like that moment, I was like, this is worth what we paid for these tickets a hundred times over for that moment. And listen, the adult, cynical, realistic, rational response with, Oh, Luke, come on, there's wires, right? And we can you see if if that had been my response in that moment, actually, it would have killed the moment. Whereas actually to celebrate with him, to take joy and wondering, wow, look at this was just this beautiful moment. And it's such a little thing. But if we could learn to be a people who celebrate, who take joy at the little things, at the steps forward in the journey, I, I, think, I think we would do well. I think, it would, I think it would bring us so much more joy and peace. I think it would be a declaration and a testimony to people around us, actually, when there, it's a world where it's so easy for there to be doubt and cynicism and aggression and despair and hopelessness. Actually, to celebrate the goodness of God every day and every season in the big things, in the little things. It is, a, listen, it is a lifestyle that is going to testify of our really, really good God. So we need to get serious, I think, about developing a discipline of celebration. And one of the things that will help us is, is get around people who are good at it. Children absolutely are really good at it. But listen, I could tell you a whole load of adults I know who are really good at celebrating people and celebrating life as well. So let's learn from one another, but choose to make it a discipline. All right, last thing. I want to let me read you one more verse. Romans fifteen thirteen. This is something Paul is praying for the church. He's saying this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So his prayer is, his his prayer, his expectation, his desire is, this end result is that God's people would overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen, celebration protects hope. Cynicism and doubt and being ungrateful and apathetic and overlooking and dismissive, it eats away at the hope that we have, right? It steals our joy and it steals the peace that God has. God wants to fill us with all joy and all peace so that we'd be overflowing in hope. But if we are not able or willing to be people who celebrate those things, actually it steals. It absolutely steals from us. Right? Disappointment, cynicism, belittling, all of those things, that eats away at our hope. Whereas celebration stewards and fosters and protects and enlarges the joy, the hope and the peace that we get to experience as God's kids. And listen, here's the thing. Notice what it says at that last phrase. So that you may overflow with hope, listen to this, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen, even in this journey of us getting serious about cultivating and making it a discipline to be a people who celebrate, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So our prayer is, come Holy Spirit help me be someone who celebrates fill me with joy and peace protect my hope but i want to steward it i want to have a defiant posture of celebration in a world where there's doubt and confusion and disappointment and we acknowledge those things but actually we can be a people who celebrate on the way and as we do listen i think as we choose to celebrate i think that creates a space it creates an opportunity for the holy spirit to come and by his power not by a power of positive mental thinking or denying things about or any of those things but actually the power of the holy spirit actually we would overflow with hope so why don't we pray for one another god we want to thank you for your abundant and consistent and outrageous goodness towards us god we choose to celebrate who you are and what you've done and we say we are grateful we are thankful and Lord would you help us to be a people um, with a defiant posture of celebration Lord not that we're burying our head in the sand not that we're denying that things are difficult but that we know um, that we have a good God who is working all things for our good. And so, yes, while there's struggle and yes, while there's loss and yes, while there's disappointment, we have so much to be thankful for. God, help us to be a people who know how to celebrate. Help us to be a people who know how to dance, who know how to rejoice. Help us to be a people who rejoice with and for one another, who are able to mourn with and for one another. Um, But Lord, I pray help us to get serious about celebrating. That would be the fuel for our journey. And we ask this in your name and we ask it through the power of your Holy Spirit. So calm, Holy Spirit, help us to be a people um, who are serious about celebrating. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Amen. Amazing. Okay, all nations church Leicester. Just a few quick reminders as we close out. Um, this evening is um, is a breakout rooms is shipwrecked. If you haven't signed up, it's not too late. Please do. Um, we did this a, a few weeks ago in Manchester. It was an absolute who. It was so much fun. It was really good. It worked so well. So um, please do um, do jump in and get involved with that. It will be a whole load of fun. Um, Please also remember, and um, the Christmas appeal, if you haven't given yet um, towards kind of getting some play, indoor play equipment um, for the kids in Romania and um, partnering with the mission, uh, listen, this is something we get to do together. So in all the planning, in all the sort of Christmas shopping, the bits that you're doing, I'd really love to ask you just to think, OK, what is it that I can give? You know, um, and we get to do it together. You know, we as a body of Christ get to be generous and to bless those kids. So if you haven't done that yet, please do. Um, and, uh, and get that money across the final thing to say is you know really looking forward um to seeing those of you who are feel able and who would like to um come and join us next sunday um, in the flesh in person um actually to celebrate christmas together if you're able to come amazing don't forget you need to sign up um but if you're able to do that we are really looking forward to seeing you then other than that god bless you all have an amazing week um, and we'll catch up very soon